Welcome to Business Talk with Henrietta. This is the place where we speak with the most up-and-coming entrepreneurs to figure out how they build the life their dreams. This episode is also sponsored by the Scandinavian furniture company Produkta. This episode is also sponsored by the Norwegian accountancy system TripleDex. And today we're in New York City and I have the pleasure to speak with Annalisa Winter. She's the founder of Future Food with Annalisa Winter. She is a startup coach, podcast host, speaker, and also an angel investor. So you work, you call yourself as an ecosystem developer, putting together relationships in the food space and also in the startup space. And she believes that we are all stronger together. And I agree with that. Uh, we met when I was here in New York last time in December 2022. And you are, you've, you've been in Copenhagen. So we have like a common connection there. Uh, you've been studying at Copenhagen Business School. Mm-hmm. Um, and you connect CVCs. You need to explain what this is Corporate later. venture capital arms. And I'm happy to, yes. <laughs> and single family offices to investment deals in the agri-food space. And you've been working with P-I-N-C, IKEA, and a lot of different clients. Mm-hmm. So you are also coaching and then you're reviewing like companies' messaging, their pitch decks and finances to try to match them with the right investors to try to help them build their company. So you're actually a facilitator. Yeah, that's an ecosystem developer. You exactly. just explained it. Yeah. I'm I done. Did. We can go home. And then we can go home. <laughs> We're done. We're done. And in this episode, I want to focus on your story as a five-year-old entrepreneur. You've been doing this for a long time now. How do you work with your clients and how do you help them create their vision for their career and life of their dreams? And how how can we actually work backwards to make this happen. Welcome to Business Talk, Annalisa. Why, thank you so much. I am honored to be here, and I am especially honored to be here in the year of the Barbie. What a time for female empowerment. I know (laughs) you've been in New York the last couple months, so you might have seen some of the articles joking that women are single-handedly upholding the economy in America right now. We've had Taylor Swift's Eras tour. We've had Beyonce's Renaissance tour. And then, of course, we've had the Barbie movie. So I'm very excited to be here talking to all your listeners who I know are high-power, amazing women that are so keen to build the life they want and create the career they want. Yeah. I love that you take that perspective all the way. Like, yeah, because this is why we're doing this, for our listeners to help them and see that there are so many different career paths out there and you can actually create your own career path. But Elisa, tell us what, yeah. I'll interrupt you there and say, and I'd love to build on that because that was exactly how I felt as a little girl. Yeah, I knew that there was so many things that I could do when I grow up. Mm -hmm. So I think it's always nice to start with that, like your why a little bit or where you come from. Mm You mentioned before that I went to business school. I studied international business, and it was because I really didn't want to be put in a box. Mm. International, anywhere in the world. Business, anything. And as an 18-year-old deciding, like, what am I going to study? That felt like the one that was, uh, what is it called? The path of least resistance. Like, I didn't have to choose at all what it should be. Yeah. So very much that sentiment that we, as women, can be whoever we want. We can do whatever we want. 
but it starts with identifying what is it that you want. And that really is the hard inner work to then create whatever it is that you want. Yeah. So tell us, how do you, how did you come up with your career path as a startup coach and ecosystem developer? Yeah. So for me, it started very early. I ended up going to business school and I was really shocked. I went to the Copenhagen Business School. The Danish you know, university structure is very different than the American one. And I was surrounded by management consultants and investment bankers. I had zero idea what that was before I started in this program called International Business. And I very quickly felt pigeonholed. I felt like, okay, everyone around me is doing this, so I have to do this, and that's what's considered cool. Mm -hmm. So I went through a lot of the processes of learning to become a management consultant. And every time I went to interview, I had that feeling inside of me that like, this isn't it, this is not right. This is not why I wanted to go to business school in the first place. Again, mm -hmm. international, anywhere, business, anything, and everything requires business. You can look at anything around you and behind that object is a business. Mm. So it opens up your world when you view it from that perspective. And yet I felt so small and like I was pretzeling myself to try and make something work that wasn't me. So it took a lot of courage and a lot of bravery, but I ended up listening to that voice inside of me and I felt very called and was very curious to working with startups and entrepreneurs. And I ended up having my first job in a co-working space where I was in charge of that entire co-working space. I did a lot of communications and marketing. I did a lot of running accelerator programs and very quickly understood that I love bringing people together. And that is what an ecosystem developer does. It is about bringing people together in uncommon collaborations to unlock innovation. Mm -hmm. And my focus area today is on the food system. I've worked for over 12 years in this space doing investments like you mentioned, but also looking at how do we bring together partnerships to work together. Mm -hmm. And why I chose food is that the more I worked within technology and how we can use technology to solve the biggest challenges our world faces, the more I realized that food is at the basis of everything. And mm -hmm. it truly is the biggest vehicle of change. It's something that everyone understands. It's something that impacts all of us. We vote for our food system every single day, depending on what we eat. So there isn't so much there that I could spend another whole episode talking about. That's also why I started my podcast so that we could really nerd out on the topic. If anyone mm. wants to get in the yeah. food space. What, what's the name of the podcast? Future Food. Future Food. Mm -hmm. Yes. Uh, it's called Future Food, and I, I interview individuals and organizations who are building a better future through food. So my focus is on really tapping into their story, but mm -hmm. also looking at how can we foster collaboration mm -hmm. and enable peer-to-peer -peer connection. Mm -hmm. A lot like I think your listeners will maybe reach out to guests and say, hey, I really liked your story, or mm -hmm. hey, I just heard about this company, like I want to do that. Mm -hmm. And it becomes a platform for connecting with people who you admire or mm -hmm. who you just want to do business with. Mm -hmm. um, so that's a little bit of the how I got there. There's so much to the story. I'm like, oh, <laughs> I think there's there's a lot of similarities here. I think I can really see myself through you because I've been to Copenhagen Business School and I know exactly how it is to go and be in an environment where you are, where the path is like you're supposed to have this job. You're supposed to go in this direction because oh, yeah. you've spent maybe five years of your life doing this type of education and then you're supposed to do that job. But then you kind of work with yourself, you kind of work with yourself backwards to try to figure out how can I use my skills to create a better, not a better career, but like a career that suits you. Right. So tell, tell us, how do you kind of engineer 
your career backwards to figure out what you really are good at and what you really want to do. I'm preaching that we should do what we feel passionate about and that's why I also chose to outsource my accounting to triple tax. So what you can do is that you can try triple tax in 14 days for free if you need a new accounting system. And especially if your company is registered in Norway, I've also posted a link for you down here so you can check it out there. Totally. Yeah. So that goes back to the beginning of the story, like we were mentioning, of mm -hmm. listening to that inner calling. Yeah. And first realizing, what is it that I desire? What is it that I want? And when I work with my clients, so I work with a lot of individuals who are trying to transition their career into what they want. We always start by looking at what is your vision? What is it you want to build? What is it you want to create in your life? And I view work as a vehicle for the life that you want. And they're very intertwined. You can't just look at yourself as work in that identity or just as your personal life because they come together and they fuel each other. So we always start with the vision of what you're looking to build in your life. And then from there, we distill your values. Mm -hmm. So if the vision is the North Star, the values are the guiding lights that help you to get there because it is the way that you approach life. It's the way that you value your life. It's what's most important to you. And if you're not living by your values, you feel out of it. You're like, this isn't the place for me. This isn't the thing for me. I don't really jive with these people. It's just not quite resonating. Like it's not quite right. So you have to know those things to really be able to create a strong vision that's grounded in your values. And then from there, it's about creating what I call the attraction strategy. So we're looking at, okay, well, knowing what our vision is, knowing our values, what is it that we want to attract and how are you going to do it? And then we actually make it happen. We make your vision a reality. Mm. This reminds me very much of, of how I also, like how I also do the coaching, right? Because mm -hmm. it's all about, it's not, no one can come and tell you, you are supposed to do this, this, this. You need to ask yourself the questions first and then figure it out from yourself, right? Yeah, I think that's it. And if I look back on the beginning of my career, I started in this one job. I knew something wasn't right for me. It moved me in one direction. But from that, I started distilling, okay, this is what I really love to do. Mm -hmm. When I'm performing these activities, I'm in flow. When I'm doing this kind of stuff, I'm bored out of my mind and I can't wait to leave or I dread going to work. It's noticing the energetics or the emotions around how am I feeling when I'm doing X, Y, Z? And then do I want to create more of that or do I want to create less of it? And there's different strategies for doing that. Mm -hmm. I also call this the red thread. So if you look back on your career, what is the red thread? What is the thing that connects everything else? Because when you start to realize You know, I, I love the example of mm. some people really identify with something like, I'm an accountant. Mm -hmm. So when you go to a, a networking event, you introduce yourself and you say, I'm an accountant, not even your name. What happens then if you lose your job and you can no longer be an accountant? Mm -hmm. People completely lose their identity in who they are because they're not really in touch with who they are. What I help my clients with is understand you're not an accountant, you're actually someone that loves working with numbers. Mm -hmm. So if you have any job that involves working with numbers, which suddenly opens up the universe into all kinds of possibilities, you're going to be happy. You're going to like it. And from there, we can find you lots of different opportunities that are dream jobs that fit your must-have list and the characteristics you're looking for based on that red thread of what you love that really is who you are as a person, not just your title or what you've studied. None of that really matters. Annalisa, what's your red thread? Mine is ecosystem development. So when I look back and I, or 
a little bit more explained, it's how can I connect people and bring people together to make amazing things happen. Mm -hmm. So when you read my bio, some people might be listening and going, oh my gosh, she does so many things. <laughs> I do have a portfolio career, so I love variety. I'm very curious. I want every day to be different. Mm -hmm. So I ended up designing a career where I can tap into the different skills I have, which is a lot around communication, a lot around you know, shepherding people and facilitating them and bringing them together. And that can manifest in many ways. Mm -hmm. And from there, it is about how do we drive the world forward? Mm -hmm. So I see myself as a facilitator of the next era of what I think our world is stepping into yeah. that will be led with feminine leadership in many, many, many capacities. Yeah, feminine yeah. leadership. We were talking about this before starting recording about also how we can build a business based on your own cycle uh, or your own like feminine how can you say, periods of your life. Mm -hmm. So you told me also that you're, you're exploring this right now. Can you just tell me how, how do you think we can like manage a business in a feminine way versus a masculine way? Yeah, so I will admit I'm just at the start of my journey on yeah. this, but it's going back to this idea of creating your vision for what you want or creating your career, mm -hmm. that work never stops. You never, you arrive at one thing you think you want only to find out you either don't want it or actually you want to fine tune it or you want to go in a totally different direction because you did that now and you want to climb another mountain. So I have been doing entrepreneurship for quite some time. I've been my own boss. And one thing that became very clear for me is that I want to lead from a more feminine perspective. Mm -hmm. So I have been working with coaches have co coaches. That's very normal in the industry. Yeah. Um, and I have been working with my own coach to figure out how do I actually plan my business around my cycle, for example, mm -hmm. knowing that your hormonal and like levels change and that really does affect your energy. I have a pretty high power job. It's very extroverted. So how do I take care of myself? Yeah. How do I nurture myself? Yeah. Um, but similarly, you know, the food industry is super feminine. It is mother earth that we're talking about. All of those resources come from mother earth. And there's a really good book called the future of food is female. And many people will say the future is female. You can even get the t-shirt. But it is a totally different way of looking at how do we approach business. In the beginning, you mentioned, too, I'm very focused on collaboration. Mm -hmm, collaboration mm -hmm. is a very feminine energy. It's looking at how do we do things together? We're stronger together. What happens when we build things together versus competing with each other, which is more in the masculine domain? Mm -hmm. So that's a lot of what my work focuses on is how do we build collaborations? Cool. Very cool. I, I, I love that you you build your business based on collaboration. So do you collaborate with anyone? How do you brand yourself in terms of, mm -hmm. you know, attracting the right clients to yourself? Because you're also like, okay, you're talking about uh, collaboration, but you're also in competition with a lot of different coaches and people who are in the same industry as you. So how do you attract the right clients and how do you brand yourself to attract the right people? Yeah, I think that's a great question. And it is one that's actually relevant for everyone. The founder of LinkedIn wrote a book called The Startup of You. And in today's day and age, every single one of us are on the internet. Each and every one of us has a personal brand. And you have to be so clear in knowing who you are and communicating what you're good at. That is just kind of what, what the world's become. Mm -hmm. um, in my case, I mean, I'm pretty well known within the food sphere. And a lot of the clients I do work with are individuals who want to transition to a career in food. Because I'm so well known in the space, I get a lot of people sliding in my DMs saying, <laughs> how did you create your career? Can you help me create my career? I'd mm -hmm. love to do that. Um, so I always have a handful of clients I'm working with in that perspective. 
And then I've worked really hard to build a great network and maintain mm. a network where a lot of my business comes through networking. Yes. And I think that is huge. Mm -hmm. Going back to this idea of creating your career, 80% mm. of jobs don't exist on the internet, which is wild, 80%. And yet all of us, even if you're looking for a job right now, you probably gone on LinkedIn or some other platform and tried to find a job. And then you try to mold yourself to what that person's looking for, see yourself in that description. And you end up doing that pretzel thing where you're, you're trying to become something you're not. And then you get the job only to find out you're not doing any of the things they hired you for. And I think everyone's had that experience yeah. of you're like, what? This, what they actually need is something totally different than what they wanted. And like, how, what? So <laughs> I, I think it's um, humbling to know that 80% of jobs are actually created through network, mm -hmm. which goes back to why this work is important and why anyone can be empowered to do it. And investing in a coach mm -hmm. is a really good idea to help you because you need to narrow in on what is it you really want to do and get clear on it and then get good at niching yourself or messaging it. Mm -hmm. So I often work with my clients on their elevator pitch, which is even if you don't have what you want right now, how do you start talking about it so that you're calling yeah, it in? Yeah, that's true. Because mm -hmm. when you have a vision, you know who you are, what you want, and then you can start talking about this yeah. with people. That clarity is so sexy. That confidence is sexy. Yeah. And there's small tweaks in wording, so I always work with my clients too on noticing, are you saying, maybe I'll do this, or I am doing this. Mm -hmm. Those are two mm -hmm. very, very different energies. Mm -hmm. And if you're at all wavering in what you want, as in I'm not really sure if this is my vision, mm -hmm. the universe is not gonna give it to you. Mm -hmm. That's like basic manifestation stuff. But you have to be so clear in your belief that this is what I want and go for that. I completely agree. Okay, I'm taking a quick break here because the next One minute is going to be an ad in Norwegian. Ja, då vill jag stolt snacka om min nya sponsor, nämligen Ajod Produkter. Ajod Produkter, det är er ett imponerande sällskap som har i all sin drift varit familjeägd och det står det stor respekt i. De har byggt sig upp sedan 70-talet och nu är er de i 19 land. Ajod produkter säljer allt från kontormöbler, butikmöbler, inredning till konferenser, garderoba och till och med möbler till skolan. De har faktiskt allt vad du kan tänka dig till kontoret. Och många tror att Ajod produkter producerar vara utanför Europa, men det här stämmer faktiskt inte. De har många vara producerat i Europa i hög kvalitet och mycket är er också egenproducerat. Hos Ajod produkter så får man mye for pengene. Prisene de er fornuftige, så hvis du er på utsikt efter nye kontormøbler, eller bara en enkel oppbevaringsboks, et skap eller heve senkebord til hjemmekontoret, så lover jeg Ajod produkter de har så mye på hjemmesiden deres. Så det er bare å gå in og sjekke ut vad de har. Jeg har lagt till en link til hjemmesiden deres her i beskrivelsen. Og du... De leverer faktisk til hele Norge. And this is also something, if you're looking for becoming a full-time artist, for example, you need to start, okay, you've painted some paintings, say that. And you need to also start, you know, uh, saying that I'm an artist. I sell my paintings. I do this bef even before you have started doing it. Um, so identify yourself with, with the things that you're, you're doing and the, the direction you want to go in. Yeah, and I'll add that intuition does play a big role here. Yeah. So going back to that idea of 
you can call it feminine energy, but I have lots of male clients who mm. have never been asked before, what's your relationship to your intuition? Mm. But when they get it, they're like, whoa, I just unlocked a whole other level of knowing because our brain knows stuff, but so does our body and so does our spirit. Mm. And those are also things that we can listen to to let us know, mm. do I like this or do I not like this? Mm -hmm. What do I want more of? What do I want less of? Mm -hmm. And intuition, you know, when I look back, there have been such clear moments where I just knew that's not right for me. Mm -hmm. Or I felt a magnetic pull to do something that I couldn't deny. Mm -hmm. And it was actually easy because mm -hmm. it was just like, I have to do it. There was no question, no doubt. Mm -hmm. I didn't intend it, but mm -hmm. it was just like, yes, that's, that's it. Just happened. Okay, so you have moments where you have things that just happens because you're supposed to do it and it feels right and everything just clicks and it feels perfect. But what about those times where you feel that your gut feeling saying, ah, no, your intuition is like, no, this is not right for me. What do you do to kind of pivot and get into the right direction? What do you do then? Do you just say no or do you struggle or how do you, how do you tackle these things? <laughs> this is, yeah. I love how you ask me, do you struggle? <laughs> no, if you're struggling, then you're not supposed to be like, well, you know, the idea of struggling is a spectrum, right? Sometimes struggle is good. Yeah. But if you're miserable and you hate what you're doing, permission to change it. You're not stuck on that path. My clients come to me at, I've even coached 60 year olds. They choose to change their career, go in a different direction mm -hmm. at a completely different point. It is never too late and you are never stuck. But you do have to make that decision and let yourself say, I'm not going to do this anymore. Mm -hmm. Or I made a commitment to do this, but I don't want to do it. Mm -hmm. And that's okay. Mm. But that's you being almost nice to yourself and giving yourself that permission to say yeah. no. Yeah, exactly. Um, you're talking about networking. Mm -hmm. You're probably good at networking. I would say I'm good at networking. Yeah. Tell us your best networking advice. Like how, how would you kind of go about if you would, of course, everyone has a network, right? Yeah. How would you go on and actually use your network for, for something better? Or how would you kind of increase your network or make it more valuable or what's your best networking tips? Oh, well, there's so much here and I can't go into all the tips that I have. There are many. That's what I, if we work together in a client relationship, you can hear all of them. Oh, but, <laughs> like a little, a little, little teaser, but I'll say there's one that I tell everyone, which is that don't, it, it comes from the investing world. Don't ask for, if you're trying to fundraise, if you're a startup or anything else, mm -hmm. we always say, don't ask for money, ask for advice. Yeah. And I would say the same is true when you're in networking. If you go to someone directly and say, I want a job, they're likely not to give you the job. Mm. But if you say, hey, I really love what you've been doing. I'd love to learn more about that and pick your brain. And you do that a bunch of times, you start relationship building, they get a chance to get to know you. And then they say, hey, you know, we're actually hiring for this position or would you be interested in? And they can almost come up with the idea themselves in that instance that maybe we should work together. Mm -hmm. um, The other thing that is important with this, though, is to do the work to know what you want. Yeah. Because there is nothing more annoying also being someone that many people come to and they say, what do you think I should do? I'm mm. mm. never, I don't know your life. I don't know you. I don't know what will make you happy. So no one can ever answer that question in a decision-making scenario of what you should do in your life for you. You have to decide and you have to decide with confidence. Going back to what you said, if you hate your decision, you can change it. You're not stuck but you have to make a decision yourself. And I think that's very important when you're approaching networking is mm. like, know what you want, own it in that moment. If it changes, cool, own that decision. But it's a constant need to actually own what you're feeling and mm. what you want. Mm. What's been your biggest challenge then up until now? 
in your business mm. building for five years like you've been self-employed? My biggest challenge has actually been finding my voice, yeah. I would say. Yeah. And I remember early on, it's just scary. You know, many people can resonate with putting yourself out there is scary. But I remember one night crying because I was so afraid of actually speaking what I was feeling or what I wanted to say to the world, mm -hmm. owning my platform. I've done a lot of work to fully own being on the internet, to fully own what I want to say, to see myself as a thought leader, to write thought leadership pieces, um, and to be a louder and louder voice, particularly in the food world. Yeah. But that was totally a journey that took time and was not at all easy for me, despite what people would think. And they're like, but you run a podcast and you mm -hmm. do this and you do public speaking. And I'm like, yeah, it was a lot of work to own that and actually yeah. be like, hey, I'm really good at this. And I'm scared to death of speaking my own thoughts. Mm -hmm. um, and that was a very interesting transition within even my podcasting journey is in the beginning. I didn't show my face. I wanted it to be about my guests. It wasn't about me. I didn't know anything. Mm. And I was totally talking my, I was minimizing myself, mm -hmm. which many women also do in the workplace. Mm -hmm. and, and now I've gotten a lot further where I speak my mind. I share my opinion and yeah. I'm just as much a counter with my guests as they are coming and sharing their expertise. But that was totally a journey of mm. actually owning like, hey, I know a lot. I am an expert in this space and yeah. I can own that platform. You can. Mm -hmm. Definitely. I am. See, that's a good example of language. I can do it versus I am doing it. You are. Caught myself on it. Yeah. <laughs> Great. You've come so far and you that's part of your brand, right? So there's a balance between branding yourself as yourself and also branding the things you're doing. I think there's a really nice balance there where you can both, you know, brand yourself as I am a coach. I am helping my clients with this. And then also, I am talking about food. This is how we can improve the food space. So you both have the 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 the, the balance of, of what you're doing. And mm. I think if you only focus on like me, 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 that'll be too much me. And then if you only focus on the, the expert area, that'll be too much of there. So what do you think of this like yeah. balancing out? I think there's a couple important nuances in that because It's good to know who you are, but as you can hear, I'm a, I contain multitudes. Mm -hmm. I do like 20 different things and they're all me. Mm -hmm. So it would be exhausting if I tried to brand all of those and run a business on all of those and nobody would understand what I do. And yeah. many times people don't totally understand what I do, but it's okay because I know and I consistently sell projects and get clients and that works for me. Yeah. With that said, I think in what you're saying, there's something about your opinion which I equate to the vision. Mm -hmm. So I have now developed my own vision for the future of the food system that I want to work towards. Mm -hmm. And then I attract working on projects and with colleagues who agree with me. And I attract clients who are like, hey, I like that vision. Or I like how you approach creating your career. I want to work with you and learn from you. Yeah. So it's my own opinion or vision of what I think I want to move into. And it, it changes with the data I get. But it's important to, um, I know I forgot the last part I was going to say. Yeah. But Anyways, that. I wanted to also know how you, how do you land your client or how was it for you to land your first client? So like, how do you go about to get customers and, and mm -hmm. stuff like, does it happen in a structured way or does it happen through your DMs and like, how, how do you do this? Yeah. So I have two main ways where I get clients. A lot of it is word of mouth and referral. Some of it comes through the marketing channel I have, which is Instagram, LinkedIn, as well as my podcast, Future Food. And then I would say that from the marketing efforts that I do, people are, and networking, 
people are attracted to working towards me, but there is a very structured process behind that. Mm. Just expecting people to land on your website and then they're going to like figure out how to work with you hardly ever happens. I have Mm. had a few instances where people created jobs specifically for me, but first that was a word of mouth negotiation where I knew like, this is what I bring to the table. This is what you need. And then we built the job description from there. Um, So when I'm attracting clients and working with clients, I know exactly what am I offering them? How am I taking them through an experience? What does that actually look like? What are my services? Exactly. Yeah. So what are your services right now? It's coaching and then you help. Like, tell us about your Mm -hmm. services. Yeah. So I work as a coach. I help people to create their career by getting really clear on what their vision is for the future. And then we create a plan for making it happen and making your vision a reality. Then I work with a lot of startup founders. So very similar process. If you're starting a company, you need a clear vision of where you're going with that company. What's your long-term vision of what you're building? It takes 10 years to build a great company. So you need to have that grit. You need to have that marathon spirit. And then from there, we also work on your values, which are the foundation of the company culture. Mm -hmm. And when you are the founder or the CEO and you have your co-founders, your shared values become the beginning of the company culture. So you have to know that and own that as you hire and do more. So I do leadership coaching there and startup coaching. Mm -hmm. And then I also work with corporate venture capital arms and corporate innovation units, helping them to figure out where are we going to partner and invest in the agri-food system. Mm -hmm. So this is a space that's heating up. There's a lot of excitement around it, and it's where my domain expertise is. Mm -hmm. So I'll help people also using my network figure out, you know, hey, this is how we build your pipeline of deals. This is where it's coming through. Um, so those are the main areas. And then because I run the podcast, I often get asked to uh, facilitate conferences or to do talks on the future of agriculture. And same also, I've spoken a lot about how I created my career. Um, so those are examples of speaking gigs that I'll do. Cool. Um, what's your way forward? Like, what's your dream life looking like? Are you living the dream life now? Or What does your everyday life look like now? You live home in New Jersey with your in your home mm-hmm. and then you're traveling. Like, are you living the dream life now or are you striving towards something else? What's your goals? What's your dream? <laughs> no, I think the answer is both. Yeah. And that is a balance, right? Enjoying where you are now and then as an ambitious person, like having lots of places you want to yeah, go yeah. and things to do. And my list is always getting longer. Yeah. So it's a happy medium. Um, So my ultimate vision, like the grand vision, like when I'm on my deathbed and I'm looking back on what did I do? What was I known for? What was my legacy? Is I would love to be known as the Oprah of food and be like listed in the same sentence as the great interviewers of our time. Um, And then I also really dream, I think I am this now to a degree, but even more so becoming a power broker. And I own this completely. Uh, Meaning if someone were to call me and say, I want to do this, I can pick up the phone and make it happen. And that is so much about having a great network. It's having influence. It's having power. And you have to own all those things. But I'd love to be in the position of actually being able to make things happen as opposed to working my way up the ladder to a place where I feel that I can maybe make things happen. And sometimes in our world, it does does take time to get to that position where you're just at the decision-making level where it's possible. Um, So very honestly... And owning it totally, that's my ultimate vision for myself. I love I love the way you're talking about being a power broker because I can really see what you mean when you're saying that. It's like, you know, someone calls like the fir- you will be the first person on the top of their mind, be like, 
I know who can help me with this, Annalisa. And then you call Annalisa and she's like, yeah, I know this guy. Oh, yeah, you wanted to build something within the agriculture in Africa? Yeah, 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 I know this guy or this woman. Yes. I can call them and then we make the connection. Perfect, you got the investment? Nice. And then you kind of... You nailed it. Yeah, you nailed it. Is, it. And it, it makes me smile even thinking about it because, you know, that's the beautiful thing about big visions is that there's one million roads to getting to that truth and getting to that eventuality. And I have no doubt this is going to be my future. Mm -hmm. I really feel it in my bones. Mm -hmm. And everything I'm doing now is preparing me for it. Mm -hmm. So being a great interviewer, being someone that works with network primarily and puts deals together, it's all, you know, I call it personal due diligence. My work very much centers on people and really understanding what people want, their vision, their values, so that they can come together in relationship. Mm -hmm. Like when you're dating, I always say like on that first date, you know, you're sipping your cocktail being like, so where do you see yourself in five years? Do you want kids? <laughs> do you want a house? Like, what do you want? You're always trying to gauge, is someone on the same page as you? Do you agree on the same ideals? And if you do, then you want to work more together. You want to be in relationship with each other. If not, maybe they're not the right partner for you. Mm -hmm. And business is very much a the similar same. concept, yeah, of doing the same work you would do and the same investment you would do if you were dating, but putting that energy into your work life and making things happen for you. So true. Yeah. I'm Thank glad you, you agree. Thank you for all your insights. Wow. Um, let's go into like the ending and I want to know like what's your best advice for other for our listeners if they want to create their dream life or their dream career, what would you advise to do? First, Except book a coaching with yeah, you. Yeah, <laughs> well, book a call with me or Henrietta. I know yeah. you do a lot of work in this space too, and it's so good to have a facilitator. Um, but I think the first thing and most importantly is to really own what you want. And that work around owning our desires and not being afraid to speak them out loud. <laughs> I mean, we both lived in Scandinavia for a very long time. And, and we have something called Yentala. If those of you listening know, it's that idea of I have to be less than, I have to be humble. I'm not better than anyone else. So, so much the first work is just owning like, hey, I want to do this amazing thing or I want to be this person and shutting out all the voices or all the noise telling you, you can't do that. I think that's my best advice is to go inwards, listen to yourself and figure out what you want and then you can make it happen. Agree. 100%. 100%. And yeah. So this is also your calling after listening to this episode. I think maybe go down and write down a, a list over, over the things you are good at and the things you want to do in the future. It can be big, but then you have a vision and a path to go and something to prepare yourself for, right? Yeah. So to become the Oprah of food, you need to do all those small steps every day to get there, right? Yeah. And this is what you're doing. And it's also hard because sometimes your motivation is on top and some days the motivation is very low. And there's also a financial aspect here. I think there's many people who also come to me as and having me as a coach, there's, there's a struggle in terms of, okay, I want to do what I love, but I also want to get paid for it. And you have this Japanese guide of living a happy life. You need to find something that the, the earth... Kagi. Oh, Ikigai. that's different. Ikagi? Mm -hmm. Ikigai. I don't know how you pronounce it. <laughs> Anyways, um, there's like you find something you love doing, but also something that the world needs and something you get paid for it. So I think that balance is really hard finding, right? Yeah. yeah. I, I mean, yes and no. 
because you get to create your vision. And if you want to say, I want to make a million dollars a year, write it down. Yeah. Own it. Own it. It starts with owning what you really want. And if you, if you don't believe it, going back to that, if you waver in your belief, it won't happen because uh-huh. you don't actually believe it can happen for you. Uh-huh. So I also hear this from my clients where they're, they're having resistance. And sometimes we have issues around owning what we want because we're afraid of what happens when I get it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So that's mm-hmm. another thing to work on and it takes a while to get through. But I would say if you want whatever you want, however much money you want to be making, write it down, put it in your vision. And own it. And own it, yeah. True. And talking about money, this is my last question. And this is the question I ask everyone who comes into business talk. If you got one million dollars right now to spend on whatever you wanted, what would you spend them on? I love this question. So if I had one million dollars, I would scale up the work I'm doing now that's focused on giving back. And I have design that into my business model of saying, I want to already have a giving strategy. So I'll put up there with being the Oprah of food and being a power broker. I also would love to have something that's like a philanthropic arm that I administer or to be in the seat of power, getting to distribute large sums of money. because I've done that on behalf of a lot of my clients, but I haven't had total control of the purse strings. Mm-hmm. So I would particularly invest my $1 million dollars in organizations that are working with social issues. The two I'm most passionate about are homelessness and prisons and just helping people rehabilitate and get out of prison. And especially in the United States, we have plenty of issues there. So that would be where I would center my work. And why is that going back to food? I mean, it's like how people feel and how we are as a society is a root cause we need to fix. And oftentimes we think, okay, you know, let's invest in things that make us money, but we also need to be able to invest in things that overall make us better. So I think more effort there to really focus on people and investing in people and better society. Great, great. Sometimes I think we have a really different way of living in Copenhagen and Norway compared to to the US. Don't yeah. you agree? It's a fact. It's it's not a <laughs> The social system is really different and the values are really different. Yeah. And I think that's one thing um I was born in New York City, grew up in the New York area, but I'm also half Danish. I have dual citizenship. So I spent 10 years living abroad in Denmark. And I really get the whole Nordic value system too. And I straddle both of them. So going back to knowing your values and finding them, that was a lot of work I had to do. Yeah. But yeah, it's two different systems. I think they both have pros and cons in different ways. They do. But fundamentally as humanity, no matter where you are on the planet, I think that people can have a roof over their head, access to food and, you know, access to a fair trial and like a just system would be an ideal. I just think those are the fundamental rights. So it doesn't matter where you live, what country you're in. 100%. Thank you so much for joining in on Business Talk and sharing your thoughts and expertise. And uh, yeah, I love talking to you. Thank you, Henrietta. See you guys in the next episode. Bye.